Blog Talk Radio. First off, is uh, election day is August 26th, and as I tell people, that's not the first day to vote, that's the last day to vote. Uh, early voting actually begins tomorrow at 15 different sites throughout Hillsborough County, uh, and those sites will be open from 10 a.m. till 6 p.m. every day, and people can go to our website at www.votehillsborough.org and they can see the list of all the polling sites, uh, where they're located, and there's also um, a wait time there, so if there is any wait time, which we don't expect any wait time, uh, that they'll be able to uh, see and maybe go to one that doesn't have any wait time. A very important election coming up. Going to be uh, depending, you know, remember also that Florida's a closed primary state, so if you belong to one of the two major parties, the Republican or Democrat Party, You'll be voting on uh, candidates from your party. Uh, there's also several nonpartisan races that all voters, regardless of your party affiliation, will be voting in. And I'd like to point out that uh, there's actually going to be some of these contests that are going to be won at the primary. Uh, specifically, there's um, a judge. There's, there's only two people running for judge, and one of those people is going to walk away a winner at the primary. Uh, there's also a couple of closed primaries, uh, one in uh, House District 64, one in House 61, and one in County Commission 4 uh, that are closed primaries, and the only other candidate in those is a write-in candidate, which they would then face in the general election. Uh, so 
most likely those races are going to get decided at the primary also. There's uh, school board races, uh, several school board races, several county commission races, and uh, I believe there's five judges races that will be on the ballot. Supervisor Latimer, this is Ronald Brookins. Uh, can you tell us what type of turnout you're expecting for these primary elections? Well, we're hoping for a great turnout. Um, it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, if you go back historically and look at turnout for primaries is low. And I don't understand that. Uh, the same reason I just mentioned, you know, there's actually some of these races are going to be won and lost in the primary. Uh, if you go back historically, in 2008, the primary turnout was only 10%. In 2010, which was, you know, a mirror of this, this is a governor's race, in 2010, the turnout was 19%, and in 2012, it was 16%. Um, you know, we've got uh, on this ballot again, I should have mentioned also, you know, there's going to be a Republican governor's primary, a Democratic governor's primary. There will be a Democratic attorney general's primary. Uh, you know, so there's several uh, very important races on this ballot. Uh, we have already sent out 154,000 vote-by-mail ballots, which is unprecedented. It's the most ballots that have ever been sent out uh, this far in advance of an election. I think people are getting used to vote-by-mail, and I think that it's going to help change these numbers a little bit, too. I think we're going to have a, a lot more activity because of the vote-by-mail ballots. You know, vote-by-mail is an easy way to vote. We send the ballot uh, to your house or whatever mailing address you want to send it, want us to send it to, you can fill out your ballot in the comfort of your home if you want to take a few minutes and research a candidate on the Internet. You can do that. When you finish voting your ballot, you put it in the envelope, sign the envelope, and all you have to do is put it in the mailbox. We pay the return postage. It doesn't get much easier than that. But if you decide you don't want to mail it, you can drop that ballot at any of our 15 early vote sites or any of our four offices. Well, I'm a big fan of, of voting by mail. I've been doing it for the past year, and I've already filled out my PAP ballot and returned it to you, so I think that's a great concept. Excellent. Uh, the next question is, what if someone hasn't registered yet, sir? Can they still vote in the primary election? Unfortunately, they can't. Uh, Florida statute, the books close for registration 28 days before the primary election and you're unable to change your party or register to vote after that 28 days. However, we encourage people, go ahead and register now anyway. You will be eligible for the general election to vote in November. Very good. And, and what if someone has moved since the last election? Do they need to let you know? We certainly want people to update their information. You know, we, we tell people all the time that if you have your information updated with us, when you vote, it's going to go a lot smoother, whether it's, uh, early vote or on election day. Uh, of course, if you're getting a vote-by-mail ballot, hopefully your information's up to date and uh, we're sending the ballot to the right address. But we tell people always, you know, make sure that your name, if you've had a name change because of a marriage or other event, make sure your name, make sure your address is up to date, and also update your signature. If it's been a while since you registered to vote, and, you know, unfortunately as uh, we get more mature, sometimes our signature changes a little bit. So we want to make sure that we've got the most recent signature on file also. And all that information is just going to help us process the voters more rapidly. Okay, sir. And, and the next question I wanted to ask is uh, tell me about some of the different options 
that people have for voting? Well, there's the three methods that we continue to talk about. Vote by mail, which uh, anyone can go on our website and request a vote by mail ballot, or you can call our office at 813-744-5900, request a vote by mail ballot. You can do that up until August 20th. After August 20th, you would have to pick one up in person at any of our four offices. Having said that, though, if you do out running around and you're by our office in Brandon, our downtown office, our uh, regional office, which is at 301 and Gibsonton Drive, or another regional office at Anderson Road and Gun Highway, you can pop into the office and we will give you a over-the-counter ballot, which is a vote-by-mail ballot that we produce for you right there with Ballot on Demand and give to you in the uh, return envelope. Uh, so you've got vote-by-mail, then early voting, as I said, starts tomorrow, the 14th, and that will run through Sunday, the 24th. So we're going to have two full weekends of early voting. Uh, which is great. You know, we were the supervisors were given a little bit more latitude after the last legislative session, so uh, we chose to go ahead and extend through that second weekend to give people a, a great opportunity to vote. And then your last chance to vote is August 26th, which is Election Day. And if you vote on Election Day, you must vote in your precinct. You can't just walk into any precinct and vote. You can do that at early vote, but you can't do it on Election Day. And, you know, we just had a, a tremendous rainstorm out here a few minutes ago, and uh, we're in the middle of hurricane season. So I urge people, don't wait till the last minute. You never know what's going to happen. Well, I have a follow-up question. Um, as I told you, that I, I like voting by mail, and I noticed that uh, when I went to check before uh, this primary came up to, if, uh, to see if I'm still going to receive the ballot in mail, it said that um, I will receive it till December. Do, am I automatically renewed to receive that ballot, or will I have to go out to your website to request that I be sent the ballot next year or the following year? Yeah. A state statute dictates that, and what it says is that when you um, request a vote-by-mail ballot, you can request it up through two general elections. So if you received a ballot in the 2012 election, then you would expire after the 2014, so you would have to renew it. Okay, and, good. And we tell people all the time, if you've, if you've got any question, go on the website and ask for it again. You know, all, all it's going to do is extend you. Very good. And you guys have a great website, by the way. It is very user-friendly. Uh, sir, how many people are registered to vote in Hillsborough County, and how does, that, how does that compare to the rest of the state? Well, you know, I, I mentioned book closing before, which is, uh, you know, the date that uh, they cut off any registrations from uh, being able to vote in this upcoming election. And I can tell you that, that totally, though, we've got about uh, 763,000 people that are registered. However, in this election that's coming up, 756,328 people will be eligible to vote in the upcoming primary election. Hillsborough County is the fourth largest county in the state. So what does it take to run elections in a county of our size? Well, having just said that, that we've got 756,000 voters that are eligible to vote on in this election, you know, we put on uh, quite a big event here. 
Uh, we're talking about an event that takes place over a two-week period, and we're going to be at over 300 sites or venues out here in the county. You know, this is a large county geographically. You think about the fact that we're going to have polling sites all the way up in the northwest Keystone, Odessa area, and all the way down to the extreme southeast, Waimama, Ruskin, Fort Lonesome area. Uh, so it's quite a task. But more importantly, my office only has 40 full-time employees. And obviously there's no way we could run an election with 40 people for a county this size. We bring on a tremendous amount of temporary employees. And we actually, as we lead up to the election, that number will grow to about uh, two to 300 more temporary employees. And then, of course, on election day, we have approximately 3,500 poll workers that we have to train and deploy out into the county. So we go from literally 40 employees to almost 4,000 employees uh, to put on this event. Well, I am proud to say that my mom, who's 89 years old, uh, because of her age, she's had to stop. But for many years, she was one of your temporary employees and working for, what, Donna, close to 20 years? Yeah, yeah. So, well, maybe not that long, maybe about 10 years. But she worked for quite a long time, and uh, it really gave us a sense of pride to be involved with that process. Very good, yeah. So, you know, we've got so many dedicated uh, people and you know, although by law we have to pay our poll workers, it's not very much. And it's wonderful, though, to see that these are people that want to be civically engaged in the community. You know, they're very serious about their, their, the job that they do, and they're very proud to be able to play a part in the democracy uh, that, you know, we have in this country that we're so proud of. Thank you, sir. Now, what's new this election that voters should know about? Well, again, you know, I mentioned the uh, the days. You, you may recall the early vote days back in the 12 election. Uh, there was a lot of uh, confusion and controversy because uh, we originally had 12 days, and then we got knocked back to eight days for 12 hours. And I said, now we're going to do 11 days uh, for this primary election. And we really looked at the numbers, and I think that, you know, we'll certainly be able to uh, adequately handle the number of voters over that time period, and it gives people a, a good array of two, two full weekends to be able to get out and cast their vote. Um, another change that's, that's occurred in, uh, for the, your vote by mail again, you know, unfortunately in uh, 2012 we had about 380 people that just forgot to sign their vote by mail ballot, the oath that you have to sign on the, the envelope. And at the time the law said that if you didn't sign it, there was no remedy for it, and we couldn't accept it. They changed the statute, and there is now a remedy that people can sign an affidavit. So we contact people, and they sign an affidavit and furnish us with a uh, Xerox of their identification, and then those signatures will be uh, accepted. Uh, also, and we're really excited about this, is that uh, we are going to be piloting electronic poll books at 10% of our polling sites, uh, or our precincts. So we're going to have about 28 different polling sites that will have electronic poll books instead of the paper registers. And, you know, if you vote on Election Day, you know, you go into your polling site, and the people are sitting behind the table there, and they've got these big old thick books, and you have to line up, you know, from A to G and H to M and so forth. Uh, and then they go through this book to find your name in it, and then you sign on the line where your name is. Well, these electronic poll books 
are going to be using uh, your driver's license or a Florida identification card. It scans the barcode on the back, immediately pulls up the voter. The information is verified. The pad is flipped over. The person signs. The signature is verified, and they're given their ballot. Uh, it's going to be a, a smooth process. It's a quick check-in. And where it's going to really help us is that this way we'll be able to uh, rapidly be able to detail voter history. Um, we'll also be uh, pushing out at the last minute all the people that have already voted, either voted early or voted by mail or received a vote-by-mail ballot uh, so that uh, this information will be right at the fingertip of the inspectors and the clerks in these polling sites. Uh, so we're excited about that. You know, we already use a, a type of electronic poll book at early vote uh, where we swipe your driver's license into this uh, machine and then uh, you have a signature pad that you, you sign on. And uh, this is an expansion of that. This is a, a much smaller. We're actually using iPad minis. It's on a special custom stand uh, that, that uh, displays to the inspector. And then, like I said, just flips over and the uh, landscape you know, flips with it so that the voter can then sign and flip back to the inspector. So we're, we're excited about that and really looking forward to it and hopes are to really expand this because it's, uh, it's a great benefit not only to the voters to process them rapidly, but also for the, uh, the poll workers and the staff to be able to gain the information, do the voter history that we need to do. Well, I'm very happy to hear that we're using technology to make the process more accessible uh, to the voter, and that seems to be something that uh, you guys have been doing ongoing for the last few years and makes it much easier for everyone to be involved in the, in the process and be enthusiastic about it. Sir, what's the most important thing people need to know about voting on Election Day? Bringing proper ID. You know, Florida has, I think, one of the greatest photo signature identification laws in the country because we accept a, a real assortment of IDs, a driver's license, ID card, military ID, neighborhood association. Um, you can even use a credit card if it has a photo and signature on it. So, you know, we've got a, a lot of different ways to provide identification, photo signature identification, but people forget it sometimes. And if they forget their identification, they're going to have to vote a provisional ballot because that's the law. You have to have a photo and signature identification. Just as important is also you have to be sure that you're at your right precinct. So again, uh, you know, we've had I think about 15 precinct changes this year or polling site changes. And we've notified all these people. Everyone that, that had a polling site changed would have received a new voter information card with that information on it. So we urge people, if they got recent mail uh, from my office, to be sure and check it. Make sure that, that you know where your polling site is. And you know those changes could be very minor. You could actually be at the same polling site, but it's got a new address or they changed the name to it. Uh, but we certainly don't want any confusion out there. And again, Go to our website, www.votehillsborough.org, and you go right on it. Where do I vote is one of the large buttons at the top, and it'll take you right to you fill in your information, and it gives you a picture of what your polling site is, just so you can make sure you know where that, that polling site is. And Supervisor Latimer, i got two uh, follow-up questions. The first one is, what is a provisional ballot? A provisional ballot is cast when there's some question as to the validity of the voter. 
and in several instances I can give you. Uh, I, I just told you one, that if you fail to bring identification to the polling site, you're going to, the only thing you're going to be able to vote is a provisional ballot. The, the beauty of that one is that when it's returned to our office, you have to sign the envelope that the ballot's put in, and when you sign that envelope, we bring it back here and we compare that signature against the signature on file. If that signature matches, the voter has nothing else they have to do, and that ballot will change from a provisional ballot to a regular voted ballot. If there is a difference okay. in that signature, go ahead, I'm sorry, you had a question? No, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Please go ahead. Okay. If there is a question with that signature, then uh, the voter will have to produce additional identification. Another way that you would have to vote a provisional ballot is if you show up at a polling site that's not yours and you still are adamant that you want to vote. We'll let you vote, but you're going to vote a provisional ballot. And if you're not registered to vote and you come in and try and vote, you're going to be given a provisional ballot. And by law, those provisional ballots will not be accepted because if you're not a registered voter, you can't vote. And the law states that on election day, you must vote in your precinct. So those okay, are probably yeah, the three most common. I think you've answered my, my second question that I was curious about. Uh, early election, you can go and vote in any of the, of the early election sites. You can go and vote, vote there whether you're a member of that precinct or not. Is that right? That is correct. You can go to any of our 15 early vote sites because we use technology that's called ballot on demand. And we actually have printers in all these early vote sites, and we will print your specific ballot for you at an early vote site. The difference is, you know, we've got 347 precincts, and this election we've actually got 1,150, that's 1,150 different ballot styles, different types of ballots. We can produce all those by these printers at an early vote site, but on election day, your ballot is going to be at your precinct, and that's how we get you together. We, you know, it wouldn't be uh, really fiscally uh, responsible to try and have these large printers and, and laptops that connect to them at every polling site on election day. So the, the ballots are pre-printed and they're ready to go on election day and they're at your polling site. But sir, on election day itself, you must vote in the precinct that you've been assigned. Is that correct? You are 100% correct. On election day, you must vote in the precinct that you live in. No, sir. Uh, we only have about oh, seven minutes left. Time has flown by, and we really appreciate uh, all of the information that you've been providing to our listeners. Uh, I have a question that's very important to me because uh, all of your efforts to make sure that, that uh, all the eligible voters have an opportunity to vote and those who want to register uh, are very much appreciated. But I want to talk about your community outreach efforts. How are you partnering with nonprofits on Election Day? You know, we have a great program that I started in, uh, the, before the 2010 election, and we call it Adopt a Precinct. And what we do is we partner with nonprofit organizations. They go out and they get people that are willing to work the polls. We train them. They work on election day at the different polling sites. And instead of paying the individual, we pay the organization. And it's a great way for... Uh, 501c3 nonprofits to raise funds uh, for their organizations. 
I think we have uh, 32 different nonprofits that we will be uh, partnering with in this upcoming election that will be working the, the precincts. It'll be over 200 people that will be representing these nonprofits. So again, it's a great way to raise money. You know, the, the one story I just love to tell is uh, a couple years ago we had a Boy Scout troop out in the Plant City area. The parents all got together, and, uh, you know, we had a bunch of moms and dads, and I, I think we had aunts and uncles too, and they worked the polling sites out there. And we ended up writing a check for almost $3,000 to this Boy Scout troop. They used the money to repair the bus so that the boys could go on their camping trips that summer. Uh, so, you know, it's just a win-win-win situation for the nonprofits and for us. That is fantastic. Uh, I, I, there's nothing more important than community involvement, and certainly uh, what, your, what your office is doing in, 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 in terms of involving the community is very important. Uh, as a follow-up to this question, do you normally go out or, and do speaking engagements to different groups and organizations, churches, community civic organizations to talk about the whole voting process? Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we like to talk about what we do. We get really excited around election time. But, yes, we, we go out, uh, tremendous amount of outreach. Matter of fact, again, and you've been on our website, obviously, but on the front page of our website, we actually list uh, different places that uh, my outreach teams are going to be out in the community. Uh, we do a tremendous amount of, of work. You know, we have two major universities here in the uh, University of Tampa and University of South Florida. And we've got uh, just a, a great partnership with these uh, colleges and universities to make sure that, uh, that, you know, the students are informed. You know, I think the University of South Florida, I, I think the first day of class is either election day or the day before. Uh, so it's, you know, it's right there. Uh, but we do that. What about, what do you do in terms of, uh, uh, some of the high schools and, 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 and some of the younger people who may not have yet reached the age to vote, but making sure that they're sort of educated about the voting process. Well, we, we've got a great, that's a good question, too. We've got a great program. Uh, we partner with the school district, and we actually, you know, go to, to private schools also. Florida statute allows a 16-year-old to pre-register to vote. And they can't vote till they're 18. Um, but we go into the schools and uh, working through the civics classes in, in the uh, Hillsborough County Schools, we go in, do presentations, and give the opportunity to students to pre-register to vote. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, we pre-registered well over 3,000 students in this last school year. And we're going to look this year, we're already talking and, and going to try and do some student assemblies and step up that effort even more. Uh, it's a great program and uh, really really engaging some of the teachers that uh, we've been uh, working with. And this last year we actually uh, went out and, and uh, did a couple things too. That uh, One of the things we did was we had an art contest and challenged the, the students to uh, produce artwork that was related to uh, elections and democracy. And we had a great response with it. We partnered with uh, Casper's Restaurants here, Casper's McDonald Restaurants in town. And as a result of that, the, the three winning artworks were reproduced on a bag stuffer uh, with McDonald's, and over one million of these bag stuffers with the students' artwork and their name and school on it went out to Hillsborough County restaurant patrons 
over about a week period. Uh, we also uh, held a contest and, and gave um, plaques to the schools that had the highest uh, percentage of students that pre-registered. So we're trying to make it exciting for them and uh, the artwork and, and the video too. And you can, again, you can go on our website and see the video that won um, that category. Uh, from Durant High School, a young man did a great job with it and would encourage your uh, your listeners to check that out, too. I'm very excited about that, sir. Let me correct that. It was Plant City High School. Let me correct that. I'm sorry. Well, that's amazing, sir, because we, we consider the, uh, the right to vote to be one of the highest privileges of citizenship, and we wanted to both thank you for, for, for doing this program with us today because it's very important, and we hope that we got, we're got we going to get out the information so people can be aware about what it takes to vote and participate in this primary. we got about a minute left, so we want to wrap up. And what I want to say to both of you is, is that closer to the general election, we'd love to be able to get you guys to come back on and discuss any new information and make sure that everyone is on the same page about the general election. Uh, we commend you for what you're doing with your officer. A lot of great things are going on, and this is great information that we promise you we're going to get out to all of our listeners throughout the social media platforms so that we can all be well informed about the voting process. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All right, sir. Thank you very much. We appreciate it, and thank you. You've been listening to America's Community Voices. Our very special guest today has been Mr. Craig Latimer. He's with the Supervisor of Elections Office in Hillsborough County, and we've been discussing the upcoming elections. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on America's Community Voices.